0: This
1: is a Soulfire production.
0: I am talking about genuine peace, not merely peace in our time, but peace in all time.
2: People have got to know whether or not their president's a crook.
3: You fool me, we can't get fooled again. By I was a businessman doing business by the military-industrial complex. And Corn Pop was
2: a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Yes, we can.
4: Thank you. We as a people will get to the promised
1: land. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Politically Homeless. We're here doing it again today. Welcome to December. It is December 1st. As I record this right now, it's almost fucking Christmas time, and I am so close to being a father. Lots of things happening. Lots of things happening. They're tripping me the fuck out. But let's focus, we'll talk about the baby stuff maybe some other time, maybe in the Patreon, patreon.com slash politically homeless, join that bitch. Anyways, listen, I talk, I I got. I have, I have a, um, I have a uh, confession. I have a confession. I don't like Christmas that much. Now I like spending time with family and friends and I like the winter time and I like, even like decorations sometimes. Um, and I think the reason that I don't like Christmas that Christmas that much is because I was disgusted by the, 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 the ex, exploitation of, of, of consumer culture that just that surrounded it. It started to feel like a manufactured holiday. And now I'm not religious, as you know, but I, you know, I, I think that there's a, an important value in having a dedicated time to spend with family and, and exchange gifts even. I think the gifts are are a good part of Christmas. Like show somebody you care, and that you know them well enough to get them something special, you know. But it's become so commoditized, and that and and, and my family particularly because, particularly because um my grandparents raised me and my and my brothers for the most part, but my, me my pretty much my whole life, and they grew up extremely extremely poor and then became somewhat wealthy, um so they overcompensated by buying shit that no one really needed. And they that was a way it was a way for them to express love. Uh in the same way that my grandmother, one of her ways was food. You know, like and she it was it was a way for them to communicate um that I didn't see till later on, but it frustrated me to no end. And uh, I wish I understood it better at the time. Um, uh, but that's neither here nor there. So that kind of gave me this whole it's kind of like bad taste in my mouth about like just like it just it, it it didn't bring up these good feelings. It bring up this like feeling of almost abundance which then brought up this feeling of lack they kind of got went together like the yin and the yang of that situation like it was like it was too much so that kind of tainted my view of christmas and then there'd just be these shitty movies and it was the same thing as like the santa claus 12 and it's like god damn can you make a new christmas movie or something i don't know you know there was elf elf was good could do something like that like make something new And it just became recycling the old bullshit for what so that kids learn to expect something. By the way, side note, as I go come into fatherhood, I've made the decision that I'm not telling my kids about Santa Claus. My kids will never believe in Santa Claus. And you may think I'm a dick for doing that. My kids will be the kids that will ruin other people's Christmases by telling them Santa Claus is not real. And I understand that. And I understand that that's going to be really hard for them but I'm not conditioning my children to believe lies and coercing them into behaving over a fucking fake, you know, uh, gift Jesus. Like it's just, we're not doing, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. What I'm doing instead is taking the time with my kids and maybe, you know what? I don't have kids yet. Just one really close. And maybe I'm, you may say you're a utopian Connor. It's going to be so much harder than you think. Yada, yada, yada. But I'm just, I'm committed to this. And I'm relatively stubborn. So let's talk about this for a second. I'm not telling my kids about the Santa Claus shit because, one, I don't see the benefit of it. Where where is the win? It's a short term selfish victory, right? You get to manipulate your kids into being behaving while they're out of school for a couple of weeks and and you get to have to tolerate them for some reason, right? So you're manipulating them into being good for a little while and it really makes no difference. You're buying their shit and you make the, you know, write Santa on it, whatever. I don't, at at what point in the child's life do they benefit? From believing in Santa Claus. At what point in their life do they benefit from that? I don't understand. You're lying to them. You're having them believe in a mystical being, which I understand. If you're religious, this is a good way to precondition believing in mystical beings. And that's fine, I guess, if that's what you want to do. If you're if you build up a, a substantial portion of your life around believing in a mystical being and magic, well then I understand how Santa Claus is good foreplay, right? for what you're going to get your kids into and in indoctrinating them into your belief system, right? And here's the thing, I'm not trying to be condescending in saying that, but what you're technically doing is indoctrinating children into your belief system. Like, it's indoctrination, okay? Let's <laughs> not mince words. Well, but it's good, so it's not indoctrination. That's what every every cult leader would ever say, ever, right? Like, before the Jonestown massacre, they would say the same thing. Like, this is not, you're not special. But anyways, I can understand if you want to precondition your kids, To believe in something that's mystical, then yeah, that that, then that's if you consider that a benefit, that's your benefit. But outside of that, I don't see any other way that the children benefit from Santa Claus or believing in Santa Claus. The idea of this like fun jolly guy, I get that. You know, as a as a I don't know as a metaphor for good times, I get that. Okay, maybe yeah, I could see that maybe, but I can't really. It's hard for me to steal, man. The Santa Claus case when I have the option as an adult, as a free thinking adult, right? Um, or somebody who considers myself to be free thinking with my biases and my blind spots as we all have. But I think that there's an opportunity here to t- talk to a kid and say, hey man, here's what we're doing. Um, There's a certain time of the year, right? Where we all kind of agree as a society that we're going to take a little break take a little take a little break from work. We're going to check back in with our friends and family and loved ones and we're going to spend that time together. And we're going to, you know, show that we value each other, that we value this time. And we're going to do that via gifts, of course, but also making food for each other, inviting people over, you know, saying writing notes and letters and cards to each other saying that we care about each other, right? And not getting a card that has a pre-written thing in there and being like, love you, whatever your name is, that's bullshit, right? If you're doing that for someone, you don't really give a shit about them, right? You don't really care that much. You may just be obligated to do it because they're family or something. But I think it's a really important time. There's a, there's a lesson in teaching a four- or five-year-old instead of, you know, don't, better not be good or better be good or you're going to get coal in the fucking stocking, you know? Like, that's that's manipulation (laughs) let's call it what it is right it's you're manipulating your kids into behaving or you could be like hey this is we're going to take this time so why don't we make a list of people that you really care about and you can tell them you care about them tell them what you think you know i just feel that that would pattern better behaviors there's there's a higher return on investment of teaching my kids to to tell people and share that they value them right via a gift or a letter or a note or a dinner or something you know a sandwich depending on where your situation is i don't know but it's like i think that there's when i look at the at, at my responsibility as a father to raise my kids to be well adjusted empathetic um social um yeah i think that there's there, there there's there's an opportunity that everybody's missing by what? Because Walmart said so. Why? Because the company. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. Think about the consumerism of it. Right. Because what we have in America isn't capitalism. It's 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 corporate consumerism. Right. Like this is what we live in. Right. So so you're gonna take your time. Right. The day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday. Right. So you're gonna take time away from your family to go buy them things or yourself things, but go buy them things. To show them that you care. Right? And the company, the company that you're buying these things from, very likely doesn't even give its goddamn employees a day off right for a holiday. Like if you work at Walmart or any any similar type company, your ass is in the back, in the front, wherever you work at the register. You're cutting your holidays short with your family. That's how much those companies give a fuck about a holiday. That's how much those companies care about them, their employees. The people that literally make their company work, they give so little fucks about them that they can't take a principled stance when it comes to giving them a day off on a holiday to spend with their families, right? And you want? If we're going to go, we as a culture, not just you, not you, not me, as a culture, we've decided that those people that work in retail are throwaway And the time with their family is less important than you getting a TV for 10% off. That's been sold to us as a healthy society. That has been sold to us as a healthy way to live in society. Right? And you may think, Connor, you just started talking about Santa Claus and you ended up here. Yeah, I understand because it's all tied together in the whole gestalt, right? This whole big picture. We've We've been manipulated as a society. We've been told what we should value by people that have a profit, profit incentive on, on us valuing those things, right? The perverse incentives run so deep. And they're not even at the corporate level, at the government level, they're at the cultural level. And then you have people that, that criticize culture, like the Ben Shapiros of the world, that then want to replace that with a similarly rigid, unaccepting, shallow... Religious dogma right so it's the the, the, the odds here are just are the, the the parties at odds here are so strange, but they all don't have they, they all have something in common, which is which is they create a shitty society, they create a shitty culture and you know we're going to talk about this and something to think about today is just this idea that we've seen more and more people that are that are kind of breaking from this tether um of assumptions a tether of assumptions into tapping us into this world as we live in. And, and very rarely do we get a chance to break outside of that and think. And a lot of times when you do break that tether, you end up falling right back into a similar trap, a different flavor of the same trap, but it's there. Right. And we see that a lot from, you go from like radical leftist to libertarian, you know, you just, it's like you gotta have some kind of fucking title. It's weird. It's weird. Strange. But all I have to say, I think that there's, when we look at this thing, like this cultural assumptions, all of them, right? All of them. And yes, I mean vaccines. Ooh, did he say it? I said it. I mean it. Yes, I'm talking about circumcision. Yeah, cultural assumption, no medical value, kills over 100 children in the US a year. Complications from circumcision. Did you know that? Complication from circumcision, which has no real medical benefit. No real medical benefit in our society in a society that has soap, right and kills over 100 infants a year. Not to mention all the botched ones, which means that people have pain, problems with uh with with I mean impotence in some certain ways. Can you imagine if some doctor, didn't do a good job with your tiny PP, cutting the foreskin off, and every time you got a heart on it, fucking, you felt pain? For something that has no medical benefit, but you know who does benefit? The doctors. Right? You get charged a little bit. It's an easy procedure, nice, quick, snip, snip. No medical benefit. But it's culturally normalized. And we don't question those things enough. We do not question those things enough as a culture. And if you do, you get called all kinds of names, which is why my other podcast where we question such things is called Thought Criminals. <laughs> because if we can't question cultural assumptions, who are we as a culture? Are we, are we a, are we a um, curious culture? Do you think that American culture is one of curiosity and independence? And we like to, that, that's a story, that's a fable that we tell ourselves. But is it really true? Is it one of, of openness and innovation? Of course not. Of course not. It's, it, it, would, it would manifest itself in so many different ways. But if we tell ourselves the story enough times, we'll forget that it's a lie. So it's really interesting. And I think, you know, when you look at the, even the circumcision piece or the Santa Claus piece, it's really the same, same fucking thing, right? There's not really a benefit. There's an opportunity for you to do some learning in that. And maybe you want to tell your kids about Santa Claus because you believed in Santa Claus. And it makes you feel less silly to, teach, to then pass that on. Or maybe you want to circumcise your kid because you're circumcised or your husband's circumcised, or the baby daddy's circumcised, or you don't want him to feel left out or bullied over his dick. Well, you know what the the solution to that is? And I've thought about this because I'm circumcised, regrettably. Didn't get to make that choice. My body, not my choice, I guess, right? Um, And all you do is communicate with your kid. Hey, you're the lucky one. You're the lucky one. You're going to have more sensitivity on on, on your pain, dog. You're not gonna need lubrication to jerk off. You know what I'm saying? Why? No medical benefit. Is it an aesthetic benefit, I guess? And if you wanna, if you want your child to experience trauma, which let me let me tell you this right now: controversial opinion. Your kid getting its dick cut is trauma. I know that word gets overused. That's traumatizing. And if the reason you want to do it is because they aesthetically you want them to look like you. I'm going to be honest with you guys, and I know this is going to be hard for some of you here, and I have a large male audience when it comes to this show. That's kind of fucked up. That's kind of fucked up. Now, I'm not judging you. I get it, dude. I get it. I'm talking to the fellas out there. I get it. Right? It's a little overwhelming. You have to teach somebody how to like clean themselves in a different way that you're not really, you have, may have to do a little research. It's uncomfortable. We're talking about baby dicks here. It's a lot, right? But if I'm being honest with you, man to man, grow the fuck up. Like, grow the fuck up and be a part of the change, a shift away from this bullshit, right? Same thing with guys who are scared of home births. It's weird to me that that fellas, the fellas out there, are scared of home births. Guess what you and I don't know how to do, budda? Buddy, 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 brother? Whatever I was going to try to say. Guess what you and I don't know how to do? Poop out a baby, all right? I don't know how to give birth. I don't have maternal instincts. So maybe the choice on where to give birth isn't really up to me. Maybe the choice I need to make is should I be extremely supportive or just supportive, right? Like that's, that's it, right, of whatever the mother chooses for herself. And I should be doing what kind of research you should be doing on how to be supportive in that environment, right? So dudes, guys, fellas, the boys, rethink your shit. Rethink your shit. Don't mutilate your child's peepee. Why? Why? It's a Western thing. It's stupid. It's so silly. So silly. I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. But less and less kids are getting circumcised. So when by the time My little dude is, if I have a boy, whenever that happens, um, we don't know what the gender is yet. So whatever it is, but by that time it's like, Hey man, if you're, if one out of every four kids is uncircumcised, great, you're in the minority, but it's fine. And given my genetics, you're probably going to have pretty ridiculous bone structure anyway. So it'll all be okay. It'll all be okay, dude. When that jaw comes in, don't worry what kind of dick you got in there, dog. It will not matter whatsoever. <laughs> I fucking love you guys. Anyways, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Let me know what you think about the Santa Claus thing, circumcision, all that. We're going to put this stuff out on social media, of course, as per usual. Josh is going to do some great edits, and we're going to piss some people off, I'm sure. But I have, here's the reason I bring up circumcision. I'm going to be real with you guys. I did not expect to go this far into the intro, but sometimes the, the show does itself. Um, I had a lot of women reaching out and being like, yeah. Because i brought it up in the, uh, I posted a story or something, right? And I was like, hey, somebody, you know, circumcision isn't really necessary. Do it if you want, not really necessary. Kind of like a hepatitis vaccine for a child. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's not really necessary. So I had these women being like, yeah, but I want my husband to make that choice because he's the one with, with the peen. And yeah, I get that. I get that. But I think you should challenge your husband on it a little bit. I really do because there's something that mothers know right? And let's think about this. Like the head of your dick is kind of like the most sensitive area on your dick, right? And if something's sensitive, you're going to want it to be covered up, you know? You want to kind of want it to be covered up. Think about this. Like if a, if a part of your skin is exposed, maybe that first layer of skin kind of comes off and you have like a, a first degree kind of blistery situation where that first piece of skin comes off and that, that, that skin underneath is very sensitive. So you cover it up, right? Over time, it heals. You get a little scar, maybe a little callus, something like that. Right. And I think that's what happens to the head of your dick. Is that because it's exposed all the time and it's not supposed to be, it's a little bit calloused, a little bit less sensitive. And I think that without that foreskin and and the I don't want to say lubrication that evolves, but the decrease it decreases the amount of friction with lady parts also can contribute to not you not being able to last as long. Right. So you have less sensitive sex that also doesn't last as long. That's not fun for anybody. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Right. Because I can tell you one thing from experience. Maybe having an uncircumcised dick is maybe a source of shame for some kid. Right. But you know what causes more shame than that? Coming too fast. And I know it's weird to be thinking about that with your own kids, but at some point they're going to start fucking. Okay. (laughs) When they're old enough. Don't get weird. I'm not Balenciaga. I'm just talking about like, in reality, there's a reason we talk about the birds and the bees. You know what I'm saying? So, why? Challenge it. Challenge it a little bit. Of course, you make that decision with, with your own biases and your own experience. I'm making that decision with my own biases, my own experience, my own regrets, my own frustrations. We all do that. But I think there's a way to look at it and really be a little bit more conscious in the way that we're like handling that. You know what I mean? It's like, is there an opportunity here? Is there an an opportunity with Santa Claus? Can I do something else with Santa Claus, right? Can we not do the Santa Claus thing and do something else? Really focus on something else, right? Maybe we write notes to each other and put those in the stockings instead of toys and shit, you know? I think that's really important. I think that creates bonds. I think that takes, takes a time where we all have set aside to spend with family and people we care about, and we can draw something out of that that actually brings us closer and makes us look forward to it and doesn't stress us out. And I think when it comes to things like circumcision and vaccines, um, it's like, hey, you know, let's look at this a little bit. Let's let's challenge our cultural assumptions as a group and normalize that. You know, normalize that. And if your kid's the weird one in some form or fashion, right? My wife was six foot tall in like the fourth grade. I was a fatty bombaddy. You deal with shit, you know? Maybe you're the uncircumcised one. And I know there's some uncircumcised fellows out there that are like, you know, yeah, dog. Yes. Scream it from the rooftops. And I am. The proverbial rooftops on Instagram. But just think about it. Is there an opportunity for a high return on investment experience for your kids where we have culturally assumed that we just have to go along to get along? I think we can do better. I think... This community, specifically, who has broken the tether that we're going to talk about down the road, can do better. But hey, that's just me. I don't know. We're getting into some shit today. I feel like we're getting into some shit today. Make sure to leave a review on this podcast if you have not. Subscribe and go to the goddamn Patreon, patreon.com slash politically homeless. We're making changes here. We're doing things different. We're lightening it up. I'm bringing some lightness to this fucking show. And I want you to be here for it. So go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash politically homeless link is in the show notes. Now let's fucking go. State of Things coming up right now. Well, speaking of dicks. Same-sex marriage passes Senate after bipartisan breakthrough. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow, wow. Let's check this out real quick. Same-sex marriage bill passes Senate after bipartisan breakthrough. The 61 to 36 vote sends the legislation back to the House, which means it's expected to be approved and sent to President Biden. Love this. 61. They had one bonus in there to break the filibuster. Fantastic. Wonder who'd have got there and filibustered this shit. Uh, The Senate passed landmark legislation on Tuesday to mandate federally federal recognition of same-sex marriages. As in the lame duck Congress, uh, mustered a notable moment for the bipartisanship before Democrats were to lose their ununified. Wait, before, excuse me, before Democrats were to lose their unified control on Capitol Hill. The 61 to 36 vote put the bill on track to become law in the final weeks before Republicans assumed the majority in the House of Representatives and at the start of the new Congress in January. It marked one of the final major legislative achievements for Democrats before Republicans shift the focus in the House of Representatives to uh, conducting investigations of President Biden's administration and family members. We're talking about Hunter fucking Biden now here's the thing that I think about it's funny about Republicans right we got a handful of Republicans enough fine whatever they were really concerned about um, the uh the exemptions for re- religious exemptions, right? Religious freedom written into the bill. So it got sent back. This was all going on before the midterms. And somebody had written, me he's like, well, I'm surprised they did this after the midterms. So they usually only do this to get votes and kick the can down the road, like they have with, with Roe v. Wade and codifying abortion and all this other stuff. And yeah, that generally is true. But at the same time, I think that this is one of those things where it's like, maybe for once something transcended political, the political agenda right and i think if they would have gotten this done before the midterms they actually would have had a stronger midterm uh, performance because they could have been like hey we just codified gay marriage and interracial marriage by the way which is like a i think it's 97% of people in the united states support interracial marriage which who the fuck is the 3% where are those people at but anyways um they could have got this done and say, hey we codified marriage now we're gonna do, now we're going to do the same thing with abortion but i think abortion is a little bit trickier uh, because it's it's less of a majority issue and it's much more nuanced, right? Like, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you probably think that gay people should be able to get married, right? I think 90% of you. And there's a few of you out there that don't, for some reasons, um, which Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh probably articulate. And we're going to uh, we're gonna discuss a little bit of their take on this whole thing. But when we look at it, it's one of those issues where it's like, why is this not codified yet, right? It's like we're relying on a Supreme Court decision, which can change. Let's put this shit into law right it's constitutional clearly so let's do let's go so they finally did and i think i think it's appropriate for some religious exemptions right if you if you're a church that doesn't want to marry gay folks fine right who cares um the gay folks can get married somewhere else it is what it is i understand whatever it's it's i think it's silly um but it's 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 good that it finally happened and i'm happy for this <laughs> i'm happy this is like done we're done with this. Let's get this. And that's what we should be with abortion too. We should make some kind of common sense compromise at the federal level. It's not that complicated, right? I mean, it is more nuanced than this by a long shot, but there is common ground there that we can, we can come to some pragmatic uh, solutions and get this thing over with, right? And like move on with our lives and not give the extremists on either end more time to pull the fucking strings. I don't know why that's, and that's if 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 you think that life begins at the moment that conception is considered, you're an extremist. If you think that we should be able to, you should be able to abort a child that's healthy, full term, that's extreme. I don't know why those those two things are fucking extreme. Why are we having that conversation? If you think that black and white people shouldn't be able to get married or interracial people shouldn't be able to get married, you're a crazy person. If you think that gay people getting married somehow devalues your marriage, that's bigotry. I'm sorry. It's, It's what it is. Right? It's viewing other people who have different beliefs than you as less than you or as somehow making your devaluing the commitments you've made in your own life. They have nothing to do with that. They have absolutely nothing to do with that. So, we're actually going to play this. I haven't had the video up. Let me pull this video up real quick. We're going to play this. This is Shapiro and Matt Walsh talking you know, about one of
0: the things that's, that's happened here. Man. Excuse
1: me. Um, talking about gay marriage and the problem that it has as far as devaluing uh, culture, which is very, to me, very strange. But we'll hear their artic- artic- them articulate their arguments. Now, I want to say this when it comes to the way we're looking at this, right? Um, Matt Walsh was embarrassed on Joe Rogan. Now, if you sit Matt Walsh or Ben Shapiro down, any any of these guys, right, um, that are anti-gay marriage folks, if you sit them down with someone like Rogan or Russell Brand... And they try and defend why they think gay marriage should be illegal. Uh, they're going to make a fool of themselves, which is what Matt Walsh did, right? The last hour of that podcast was so hard to listen to because it was him making no fucking sense, right? And here's the thing about Matt Walsh is really interesting. Like, I liked the What Is Woman documentary, right? I think he would he could have had a more. I think he could have done a better job. I think it was a it was some missed opportunities in there. Um, I think because of who he is, he needed to he needed to know have that self awareness and balance himself out a bit. Uh, but he didn't do that, so it's one of those things where most he he has a majority position there, and he's really milking that majority position. But when you get into his real ideology, it's kind of fucking extreme, <laughs> like it's pretty ridiculous. So it's like he has one majoritarian point that he's milking for all it's worth, but that's kind of a honeypot to get you into his fucking bullshit. And you can see this on him. He like listen, I don't want to be a dick here. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but you look at this guy, and it's like. He doesn't seem like a happy guy. Does he seem like a happy guy? He, 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 he's like he. He just he like he makes his face like with his lips up, like frowning. All it's like, dude. I don't know. Like, I, like I see sometimes I see religious folks, and I'm like, man, that person is like really joyful. You know what I mean? Like they they really are embodying kind of like Christ like like joy, right? That that and that's there's something about there's some Christians that do that, and some Christians try and they seem and they're faking it and they're hiding shit, and it's so obvious. Like my mom's my mom's preacher at her church, the dudes. I would love to see his browser history. Like I can feel it on him. He's trying to, he's trying too hard to do this thing. And it's like, every time that's happened, it's like there's some kind of sexual abuse going on. Not saying that's him. I'm just saying from my personal experience, other times that has happened. um, in with people that were leaders at uh, religious organizations. Um, So it's like, I see this, this guy who's struggling with this. And so he gets embarrassed on Joe Rogan. And then he goes to his safe space right? Which is what the daily wire is. Make no mistake. There is so little ideological diversity in there. It's like, some of them are Catholic and some of them are Jews. Like that's really like, that's, 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 that's your diversity. Right? Like it's, that's it. There's not a whole lot going on. They may have moderate disagreements on the margins. They've created an ideological safe space at their media company. That is what the daily wire is. Right. And I say that saying, I think that I would make a lot of money for the daily wire if I was at a daily wire show. I think it'd be great. Maybe think we have a lot of fun. I've got some views and some experiences that I think would actually add a lot of value to the Daily Wire. I think that their marketing machine combined with my voice would make both of us more money than they're making now. If they wanted to make an economic decision, bring me on, let's go, right? Let's go. We can do it, it'd be fun. But they don't encourage ideological diversity because that's not what they're trying to do. But they will criticize other companies and other people for not having ideological diversity that leans their way, right? So it's this weird like two wrongs make a right logic that I always see coming from the Daily Wire. And this is somebody, I actually pay $15 a month for the Daily Wire because I enjoy some of the shit. I like hearing some of this stuff. It's not that I hate these guys, you know what I mean? But when I look at this, I think, okay, well, Matt was embarrassed and now, so he goes back, goes back to his safe space with him and Ben Shapiro where he won't be challenged and he can try and articulate these ideas and still does a terrible job. So this is their effects of same-sex marriage on culture part two. And that's what you guys to, to to kind of like, just to hear this out here.
0: You know, one of the things that that's happened here, Matt, is all, all of the redefinition of marriage. You know, again, everyone wants to make it about same sex marriage, but it really isn't about same sex marriage. It's really about the decline of all Western civilization.
1: You understand? So it's not about it's not about same sex marriage. It's about the, de- the the decline of Western civilization. There could be no other correlates, right? Like, what in the other things have happened in the past fifty years that may have contributed to a de- a decline in Western civilization? Maybe the fact that we've our obesity has gone off the charts, right? Is that having to do with the gays? Does a guy suck another guy's dick make somebody else fat and lazy? I mean, is that where we're at, right? Is it, the, 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 the amount the untreated mental health problems that have existed in this country for decades that have been been quashed by SSRIs, and we have a generational, generational passed down bullshit from one another, right? Since the boomers were became powerful, passed down emotional incompetence. Right. <laughs> Lack of meaning in life, suicide rates are through the fucking roof, and you're going to blame it on the gays. Right? You're going to blame that on the gay people getting married. So, are we do we not have the same view of what the downfall of western civilization is? And is it because that you you're so afraid to Defend your ideology against the clear and present issues with Western civilization that you praise as if it were a religion. Are you so scared to address those things that you scapegoat gay folks? Maybe that's what it is, right? I don't disagree that Western civilization is collapsing in on itself. I happen to think that's late-stage capitalism, right? But since I don't view religions or economic systems as sacred... Right, I didn't buy that propaganda. I can look at them with a nuanced through a nuanced lens and be like, "Hey, there are places where this makes sense. And there's places where it just clearly doesn't make sense." And I don't get emotionally involved in making those decisions. It just is what it is, right? So when you look at this and you think, "Okay, it's about the downfall of Western civilization," and you attribute that to gay folks, right? And then you think that if someone actually believes that, what happened to that nightclub down in Colorado Springs? makes sense, right? If my mom as a religious woman and that cares about me deeply really thinks I'm going to hell, she should be stressed out. That's a big deal, right? She should be worried. So it's like but I don't think she really thinks that. I think mean, she like thinks that she thinks that and it's okay. We're all good. Right? But if you really think that gay folks getting married is a is is a is a de like devaluation of western culture, I think you're actually completely wrong on the opposite of the spectrum. I think that by restricting marriage to your chosen group, you're actually undermining marriage as something more than a, than a structured relationship between two uh, consenting adults that love each other, hopefully. But that's not, that's not required. Love isn't required to get married. Children aren't required. We get into that a little bit as well here. My marriage, what you end up
0: with is people who are not actually maturing as human beings. You have endless adolescence. You have no procreation, no children. The West is, is now reproducing it well under replacement rates. The only Western country that is reproducing above replacement rates is is actually Israel. That's the only one. That's because it is a very a culturally and religiously based tradition. There are wide differences, by the way, within Western civilization among religious believers, right? Religious believers are still getting married. They are still having kids. They are still not getting divorced nearly as often. People who are not religious are not getting married. And what you're seeing, this has an impact politically, actually. You're seeing a rising voting block in the United States. The rising voting block is single women. Single women are an increasing percentage of the American population. They voted overwhelmingly for the Democrats and they voted on the basis, presumably, of a couple of, of actual policies. One is more government largesse, which makes sense. If you don't have a partner, then having the government provide some support makes some sense. And two, abortion, because again, what, what you want to be able to do is, is not be, quote unquote, saddled with a child the way that Barack Obama talked about his daughters being, quote unquote, punished with a child. Well, as we, as a society, move away from the idea that men have a duty to to Produce and then defend their children, and that women have a duty to bear and rear their children, and that this is how society functions. As we move away from that, it shouldn't be a surprise that society is falling apart.
1: Yeah, it's not. No, I want to think about this too. Let's let's just, let's think about this this idea because we linked. Now we've linked gay marriage to abortion, even though gay folks can't have children with each other because they're gay. Now they could force themselves into a type of relationship that they don't want, and then I don't know, like figure it out later traumatize their children we could do that but now we've linked so we've linked gay folks to abortion even though you would think now these guys both don't think gay couples should be able to adopt either right these things if you're a gay couple you should not be able to adopt or get married right so you're basically barred from like normal life right so it's not actually about the kids you understand that because gay couples can be really great parents right straight couples can be really bad parents gay couples can be bad parents it's like it's it's about people, right? It's about the individual, which these people love individualism when they're talking about it in the American sense, right? Individual liberty, ability, all these things, until it threatens their theology. Then we have a problem, right? Then things start to conflict, and this is where they get super tangled up, and they don't see their own blind spots. I mean, they're blind spots. You don't see them. That's kind of how it goes. So when we look at this whole thing, we've, we've now linked... Gay marriage to abortion, and then single women being a problem, and men staying in perpetual adolescence. And I think there's very there's a lot to say about this men staying in perpetual adolescence piece. I think that's actually a really astute observation. Jordan Peterson hits this as well. Liver King, um, what's the other fucking guy's name? Um, oh, the guy that got canceled from everything. Fuck the kickboxer. You know what I'm talking about. I forget what his name is, but you are screaming it at the at the mic right now i get it but (laughs) what the fuck is his name anyways but these guys tap into this this culture where it's what you see is you have that you do have a prolonged adolescence in men which i think is a problem right and it's like peter pan syndrome is what it's called and then you have people kind of tapping into that because there is a longing for men to want to grow up right you don't want to stand never never land forever. There's a longing for men to want to grow up. It may happen at different times. Some men are forced to grow up, forced to grow up at 18. Some don't grow up till they're 30. Some don't do it until they're fucking 60, and that's a problem, right? And Peterson talks about this. Like if you think you know a three year old is annoying, think about a five year old that's actually a three year old, right? It's like any. Gumbertate breaks his arguments down, and they have a a, a healthy conflict there. But I think that. When you look at it, this prolonged adolescence is a problem, but at the same time, we've shifted away from things thanks to a lot of the things that these guys endorse, right? We've shifted away from a place where upper mobility is, is, is there, right? You have this, like, as a culture, we used to have this kind of, you work a minimum wage job in high school. You, after high school, you work your way up. Maybe you do something. Maybe you work at a fucking, uh, mechanic. You move your way up and you end up with this, like, you kind of mature as you need to, right? Because when you're a young man, Right out of college, right out of high school, you get your new job, you got your first tips, money, you're gonna be drinking, you're gonna be doing shit, you're just staying up late, but you're young, so you can kind of re- rebound, right? You can go to work hungover and you're fine. Get into your thirties, that shit doesn't really play anymore, right? So you kind of progress, and then okay, you meet somebody, you have a relationship, you have a kid, you have to grow up a little bit to be into that situation, you grow into life, right? You grow into life through upper mobility, through opportunity. Right. And as you learn how to take advantage of that opportunity, gain that opportunity, learn, grow, you grow as a man or a woman. Right. But I'm speaking about men specifically here. You grow out of that phase. Right. And what we've done as a culture by creating a this homo, like, homogenous type of blob, as far as careers and opportunities go, we stay in a cycle without upward mobility masculinity doesn't advance in a healthy way. It finds other ways to express itself that are fucking negative as shit. Right? And that's why you get Andrew Tate. That's his name. (laughs) So that's why you get these kind of people who are leveraging that because there's nuggets of truth in what they have to say. If you ever sit and listen to Andrew Tate long form, there's nuggets of truth in what he has to say. And it taps into something there, this this prolonged adolescence. But the idea that gay marriage leads to that is so incredibly incompetent and ridiculous. Like how does that make, like how do you draw those conclusions unless you talk really fast with non sequiturs? You see what I'm saying? So I'm saying that we should create an environment in our society, right? And maybe that means things are more expensive because we make them here. Maybe that means that we take a nuanced view of why we have this masculinity crisis and do something about it that isn't criticizing gay folks. Right? And isn't scapegoating people we don't agree with or that we don't understand. That want to have sex in a different way than we do. Right? Because Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh will look at my relationship with my wife, two consenting adults, heterosexual, mostly I'm heterosexual. She's, you know, heteroflexible. And they would they would shit on my relationship. Right? I've had conservatives do that. Because it's non-traditional. We do things a little different. We do it our own way. We take ownership of our own relationship. Right? I give zero fucks with Matt Walsh to say about how to live a life because I don't don't, don't want to live a life like Matt Walsh. I chose that for myself. I want that freedom. To be honest with you, Matt Walsh is a threat to my personal freedom. Right? Now, I don't want to take up any violence against the guy. But I'll fight him every chance I can because he is a threat to my way of life. Right? So I challenge him with ideas. I break this stuff down. So when I look at this, I take it very personally as well because I have a relationship outside of what these guys think and deem is appropriate and they would prefer that I don't have the freedom to do so. They would prefer I don't have the freedom to do psychedelics, right? They want to limit my freedom. So when you see, when you look at it that way, freedom becomes much more nuanced, right? It's like, which freedoms do you value? <laughs> that's what that's what freedom means to you, right? We can look at the text textbook freedom, that's why I get super, you know, super rowdy with this shit. But let's keep going. I'm rambling a lot today. And
2: that's, and that's why there, there, there are a lot of consequences, as you point out. I mean, the collapse of civilization happens, and that's that's much more important than the political consequences. But as far as the politics go, this is uh, one of the reasons why Republicans are quite foolish to give up on the battle for marriage and then, by extension, giving up on the battle for the family because along with civilization collapse...
1: You hear that? These the, the subtle things. They do this. Um, Tucker, Tucker Carlson does this, even though he's more astute than Matt Walsh. Um, this idea that like it's a, it's a it's a it's a war on the family. It's a war by saying happy holidays. Boomers think it's a war on Christmas. By gay folks getting married and adopting kids and creating homes and lives together, that's a war on your family. It has nothing to do with you guys. And what you need to understand is, we live in a fucking melting pot. It's been this way for so long. Religious freedom, right? The practice to re, to the, the freedom to practice your beliefs is a beautiful thing that we have in this country. It's a beautiful thing that we have. And that means that to one set of people, marriage means one thing. And to another set of people, it means something else. So we kind of have to have like an imperfect system of a, of a loose definition of what marriage is to then accommodate the fact that we have freedom of religion in our country. Freedom of belief, freedom of expression. These are all freedom of speech. These are all very important things. And these guys will jerk off to the Constitution until it becomes inconvenient to them. Right? And then they go to the Bible. So it's like we, we get in this situation where it's like we have this really challenging situation where it's like, dude, can you not see that within your community, which is what's important, right? Within your community, your religious community, your, your I'm sure, the proximity to you, where you live, there's a certain type of normalized behavior. And you you participate in your chosen community with your chosen beliefs, and that's what you guys do. Right. And if somebody's different than your, you know, community and they, that's how, that's how things work. Right. You kind of, they feel a little bit ostracized and that's how it goes. Right. Same thing. If Matt Walsh walked into a gay bar, he'd feel a little bit uncomfortable. Right. Cause that's not his community, but they are, t- they, they situate themselves in their own way based on their beliefs. Right. And not all gay people are the same and not all black folks are the same. And there's cultural trends, but there's always outliers. Right. So we have to at the, at the federal level have a general statement saying this is what marriage is this is what it legally means and then it's up to you with your freedom to choose how you want that to manifest in your own life you get me you feel me dude like it's not that complicated and joe rogan did a pretty shitty job of trying to explain this right he's like it's people that love each other and it's like that's too simple that's too simple and it's too ambiguous you got to break this down. It's like, hey, man, your community's gonna believe what it wants to believe, right? And I think if Mormons want to date or marry multiple women, like, great, do your thing. That's that, that's consenting adults, right? As long as no one's being coerced or harmed or, or nothing illegal's going on, and everybody's of age, hey, that's fine. You know what I mean? That doesn't that doesn't threaten my situation or my life or whatever. And my community's gonna gonna we're gonna my with people that share my beliefs will. We have our own thing is what we see marriage as. I mean, my wife had that, which is the most important part. Continue. Um,
2: also, the Republican Party is going to collapse a lot sooner than that. Um, you're just you're making yourself irrelevant uh, because single people are much more susceptible to the machinations of, uh, of, of the Democrat Party and leftism much more easily, much more easy to manipulate. And, and you know, a lot of that is because, yeah, if you have a, a not child, true, you're not married, alone. then you're much more likely to see that as a crisis. Whereas if you're married, then you have the structure in place. Even if you weren't planning on having a kid, even if you feel like you're not ready for it, you have the structure in place to care for the child. Um, and that's, that's why we just we, we cannot give up on, on, on this issue. And if Republicans
0: give up on it, then they've given up on themselves. They've given up on their own political future. Yeah, you know, man. I think there, there's another thing that's happening too. And that is that that in the absence of definitions and reality and, and frankly, God, in the absence of all of those things, what you end up with is a belief that the government is God and simply can redefine reality at whim, which is why you now have the belief, like, look, no matter what bill the government passes or no matter what Supreme Court decision is is made, suggesting that marriage is actually between any two consenting adults, marriage is not between any two consenting adults. It just isn't. I mean, it's like if the Supreme Court made a decision tomorrow declaring that the color blue is yellow, well, they can make that decision and we can build all of our our, our laws around that that silliness but it does not reflect reality. And eventually... Re- okay, here's the funny thing.
1: <laughs> uh, blue can be yellow. And I know this is weird, right? I know this is strange, but like how long has blue been blue? How long has yellow been yellow? If you go to a different country, right? Maybe they call it a different name. Is it still blue? You know, it's one thing. You notice different different cultures notice different colors based on what the words are to sum up those colors. Right? They have a different color spectrum. Very similar, but there's different stages along that with different names because language is imperfect. <laughs> and language is flexible and language changes, right? Language changes. Definitions change. Language is not fixed, right? There's a reason I say y'all instead of you all. It's because I'm from Texas, right? It's different. There's... there's <laughs> That's the thing is like you act as if we live in a fixed environment with fixed definitions and fixed language. No, I'm not a, a postmodernist, right? But I do think it's important that things that like things like merit when you're when you're trying to summarize human behavior with language, human behavior is broader than language. Human behavior encompasses more than language, right? Think about this. Let's just think about the, like life the beauty, the impermanence, the spectrum, the the vastness of it, right? And say you're watching a sunrise over the ocean or a sunset, whatever it is, whatever you like, right? Even on the West Coast, on the East Coast. But you're watching a sunrise over the ocean on a mountain with clouds and it's pink and it's blue. And you say, wow, that's pretty. Is that really all it is? Is that really it? And could you even find the words to describe such a thing in its full magnificence? Could you do that as a person, as a human person trying to find words to explain something that is beyond your capacity? Language does a shitty job of explaining experiences, right? I had that experience on ayahuasca one time. I was like, wow, I'm going to try and explain this with words. That's going to be ridiculous. That seems impossible. I tried, but it, it, didn't, it didn't It didn't compute. So it's interesting to look at that and think like, oh, wow. So it's like that they, they can't even zoom out that far, right? You can't even go back a little ways when like before yellow was yellow, it was still yellow. You know what I mean? You feeling me? Let's continue.
0: Reality is going to have a say here. And in fact, it's not eventual. It already is having a say as marriage completely collapses and flows, and people don't have kids. And we have perennial adolescence and, and the idea that, that adults are atomistic individuals who have to be pursuing their own
1: hedonistic pleasure until they die. Yeah. Straw man. Straw man. Adults are atomistic uh, individuals that should be able to pursue hedonism until they die. Straw man. Straw man. That's it. You guys see how somebody explain to me how that's not a straw man, how it's not a straw man. Just like the carnivore alias guys, the casual sex is bad blanket statement. Stupid, stupid lacks nuance. Small brain shit. That is small brain shit from Ben Shapiro, and that's somebody that I respect. who I think is a, a, a above average thinker. That is fucking ridiculous, dude. Grow the fuck up. Come on, man.
2: Yeah, and this is so when people ask, uh, well, you know, why does it matter if there's a quote unquote gay marriage? How does it affect you? It's the question that you know, the question that Rogan asked several times when we were talking about it. And um, th- this is this is the effect right here. Is that it makes it makes marriage.
1: It makes Ben and Matt upset. It gets their panties in a bunch. That's the effect. That the effect starts and ends with Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh crying. That's that's it. That's all you got. Now he's going to go on to say something about how it means makes marriage mean nothing. And it's like, well, no, that's not what it means. It's pair bonding. And before there was marriage, there also wasn't marriage. Right? And before that was um, impressed upon us, because Matt seems to think that like all of human history has been single pair, pair, pair bonding, which is the most comical thing I've ever heard in my life. You think the entirety of human history has been monogamous pair bonding? Do you also think the Earth is six, thousand years old? Because if that's the case, then it makes sense. But outside of that, you're absolutely ridiculous, dude. <laughs> but maybe, maybe Matt does think that like the devil planted dinosaurs on the planet to try to fool us. It was the devil, and uh, you know the Earth is six thousand years old. And uh, Graham Hancock is full of shit. I don't know. I don't know. But it seems to me, as a married heterosexual man, that two dudes get married, two chicks get married, has nothing to do with me. And if they're happy, I am happy for them. Pointless in the minds of so many
2: people. And uh, it, it, in fact, Rogan said himself that it's, it's sort of silly. It makes it seem like a, a silly, useless, pointless thing. If marriage is not fundamentally procreative, then what's the point of it? And then what do you have? You have, you have you know, younger people, especially, who they pick up that message. They hear that loud and clear and they say, well, there's no why. Why get married? There's no point. Uh, and, and then you see the collapse. Of-
1: Again, that's, that's a straw man. It's so bad. It's a slow, straw man and slippery slope, actually, if we want to go into fallacies. But um, yeah, I think that it actually strengthens marriage, right? It's like, hey, no matter who you love, you can make that tangible, real commitment to one another. You can make that happen no matter who, Right? No matter what that is. That's not, that's not a choice, right? Matt thinks if you're gay, then you're just it's some kind of affliction given to you by God that you have to, like, overcome. That's absurd, man. That that guy wants people to be depressed and unhappy their whole fucking lives. He has zero... He gives zero fucks about anybody's well-being besides himself and his religion. That's it. So they've got, they've, they've now cont- continued to make these, these, these straw man claims about how that devalues marriage and makes kids not want to get married. When I think that... Kids seeing healthy marriages of any sexual orientation is positive. And given the divorce rates, um, the more they can see the better, you know, because a lot of kids don't have that. So they kind of rely on seeing healthy marriages with their family and, and friends. And I think that's really important regardless of their sexual orientation, knowing that, Hey, because if we have, if we know, know now that gay marriage has been legal forever, but like is legal at the federal level, we've set this in stone. Now it's we're at where we are, where we are in 20 years more gay men and women young men and women will see healthy marriages now there will also there will be some unhealthy ones in there too of course but like they'll have more opportunities to see healthy gay marriages and that once that's more more frequent and more accepted and there is there, in 10 years going will be zero friction on this unless we live in fucking gilead this is better off where everybody's better off Everyone is fucking better off. And I don't know why I spent 25 minutes talking about this, but Jesus Christ, man, it's just like, this is a six minute video. I was going to play of them. And it's just, it's so, I want these guys to do better. I actually, I actually don't mind them, but trying to understand how you get here as a human being is really challenging for me. Right? Like I think if I look at Matt and, and again, I'm trying not to be a dick here, but like clearly had like some skin issues growing up. You can see it. He covers it up with a beard. Luckily he can grow a really great beard and has great hair. Um, that probably wasn't easy. You know? That probably wasn't easy. Uh I get that, man. I was a fatty guy. It's not it's not easy. It's not fun to be that kid. Um, to feel kind of isolated. And I think I can understand why you would then kind of bind so hard to something that in theory is unconditional acceptance as long as you have the right sexual orientation. Um Yeah, I could see how that how how, how that would give him something to hold on to and maybe like he feels like he needs to now live through that exclusively to his own intellectual kind of uh, downfall in a lot of ways, but they're doing better than I am. So it is what it is, but I, I'm trying to I just try and understand. I try and like really look at, a, look at the guy and be like, how do I understand how you get here and, and attribute, attribute like a positive intent to what you're doing. I don't think that he's being malicious. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes, the people that attack, when you attack people on the left, or the right, whatever it is for like, it's like the left is evil demons and they're baby killers and all this other stuff. Or the right is a fascist. It's like all one, you're just intellectually lazy in doing that. And I think it's important to like steel man things and look at this and say, Hey, like can I really look at this guy? Be like attribute, attribute positive intent to what he has to do, which I I do genuinely feel that way um, and handle it as such. Right? So it's hard to look at it, but it is what it is. You know, clearly he has some kind of need that's being met by this dogma dogmatic behavior. And he feels threatened and he acts like he feels threatened. Um, in whatever way where he has leverage, which is, um, in this kind of a pseudo intellectual reality. So anyways, moving on. Let's go. Next one coming up. Gay marriage. Yay for the gays. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at element.com wait what that's not how it goes that's not what it is today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at drinkelement.com. listen guys we are into we're firmly in the winter it's december all right we're doing the thing we got holidays coming up right now more than ever you need to keep your shit on lock you need to keep your nutrition dialed in you need to keep your 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 body hydrated you need to be taking care of yourself you got family that's stress. You got to get gifts, that's stress. You got kids, that's stress, right? Everybody's out of school. You got to do all these things. A lot going on. You got to decorate. You got to get a tree. You got all rap shit. All these things are happening all around you all the time. Things are, you're going to lose a little bit of control. You're going to be in a little bit of chaos. That's okay. One thing you can take control of is your motherfucking hydration. All right? Drinkelement.com slash Wanderers. You're going to get a free variety pack of Element, right? All their best flavors. And I recommend that you... Do yourself and your homies a favor, right? Do yourself and your homies a favor by getting a handful of extra boxes just as a last minute gift, right? For anybody who's like health and wellness minded in your life, if they don't have, they haven't tried Element yet, get them a box, right? Great talking stuffer. They also have a few chocolate flavors. One that just launched chocolate caramel. It's fucking, or caramel, however you want to say it. I don't care. I'm not judging you. Caramel, chocolate, chocolate mint, and chocolate. Mix that shit in a mug, a big mug with hot water and maybe a little bit of steamed heavy cream. If you want to get weird, if you want to do the foam, a little bit of uh, steamed heavy cream. Girl, you get a little bit of fat, you got your salt, you got your magnesium, you're good. All right? You're not having any sugar along with that. There's no sugar. Well, there's going to be some sugar in the heavy cream if you go that way, but not much. So you're having something rich, satiating, it's gonna help you curve cravings and help you keep your shit together. It's gonna help you control just a little bit in this madness that is the holiday season. Okay. And also, if you listen to this show earlier and you're and you're in that zone, you're gonna be telling your kids that Santa Claus isn't real and giving them some other reason to value this time of the year. And that's gonna be stressful. They're gonna be freaking out. They're gonna be freaking out, man. They're gonna be they're gonna be going full Will Ferrell and elf. But um, it's gonna be good for you. It's gonna be good for you and your growth. Find something that you can do to anchor your wellness through this challenging time. Get yourself some last-minute stocking stuffers for those health and wellness-minded folks in your family. Get them a couple of boxes of Element, and go ahead and get yourself that free variety pack by going to drinkelement.com slash wanders, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot slash wanders. Links in the show notes. Enjoy yourself. Now let's get back to the show. Liver King, everybody liver King got popped. He got popped son. Now I feel, uh, I feel a lot of ways about this. No, I've been very open about my use of performance enhancing drugs, testosterone replacement therapy, hormone replacement therapy, whatever you want to call it. TRT, HRT, PEDs. Yeah. All the, all the things, all the acronyms. We can do this all fucking day long. I'm very clear about this and my support of this. If you have your shit dialed in now, Liver King, for those of you who don't know, uh, he is somebody who's amassed a humongous social media following in the past uh, two years, I think. from He went from zero to like a million followers in less than a year. So, I mean, he went hard in the paint. And during that time of him growing and being on some of the most successful, I mean, Logan Paul's podcast, he never made it to Rogan because I think Rogan saw him as a charlatan from the beginning, but Rogan has had some run-ins with some charlatans, so I think he has a little bit better of a, of a um, barometer for that than most. Uh, so... Anyways, he was on this huge podcast preaching his, his, his nine ancestral tenets, and kind of promising that if you live this way, you'll look like him in a very weird way, which is very nineties supplement company, right? Like you do this and you'll look like Jay Cutler. And it's like, no dude, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, like take 10 years off your life and you'll look like Jay Cutler. Like Jay Cutler is a fucking freak of nature on top of the fact that he's on copious amounts of gear. Right. And for those of us who have experience in strength, fitness, um, aesthetics, lifting, whatever it is, like it's very clear that what he has is not achievable in a natural state. It was very clear. So whenever I heard him over and over again deny his use of performance enhancing drugs and things outside of his ancestral tenets, I I lost I, did, I never even bought the shit. I was like, dude, I look at this guy and I'm like, no, he's full of shit. It doesn't take a genius and it was so blatant that he was just rubbing our faces in it. That's what it felt like. It's like anybody who it's like he's just rubbing your face in it, blatantly lying to your face, which frustrates me as somebody who really actually thinks some of the companies he's involved in are really great I think eating liver is great for you I think eating heart heart is one of the best fucking things get yourself some beef heart learn how to cook it it's fantastic or eat it raw if you want but it's I mean get yourself that if you ever kill wild game always take the heart always take the liver Uh, take the kidneys if you can take the lungs if you can like getting as much of that as you can if you don't eat it feed it to your dogs that's what I do I'll try new things all the time take the bones with you I hate when people bone out wild game take the fucking bones get that bone marrow I love all of this shit and what what me about liver King uh, I think his name is Brian uh, Brian <laughs> the Brian over here is that he um by doing this thing that he's done this this blatant lie that he's getting caught in here he's proving himself as a fraud and a charlatan but also he's devaluing a movement that is really positive right this focus on regenerative agriculture uh, eating high quality Meats, right? Utilizing the whole animal, right? The full cycle of life, being in touch with the earth. These are really fucking important things. And this roided out dipshit went and did this thing, which now has me so fucking pissed off. Now we'll address this. My buddy Johnny Fresh, he said, and Johnny, I know you you feel strongly about this, that there was a confidentiality between him and the guy that he was speaking to, the coach he was speaking to about his drug use, that shouldn't have been violated uh, and released in this kind of whistleblower account. And while I do agree for most things, when you are a fucking fraud, I think it's in the, it's in the public good for that to be leaked out. In the same way I feel about Snowden and Assange, like I feel the same way, I think he was defrauding people and he needed to, he needed to be caught. I think he was only going to do more damage as time went on to a movement that me and many people that I care about care about a ton. So when we look at this, let's let's break this down. Let's look at his ancestral tenets here. And let's just see like what this is. This is very simple, right? Sleep. Eat, move, shield, connect, Um, cold, sun, fight, bond. This is basic shit, right? And when you have something, like this is one thing that's really interesting, and you'll see this a lot. I've worked for people that kind of do this. When it's like when you're, there are certain kind of universal truths, right? Like real, just real high return on investment, things you can do with your life. Good sleep, quality food, getting your feet in the dirt, moving around, right? Learning how to defend yourself, connecting with other people. Cold stimulation, right? Heat, vitamin D from the sun, <laughs> fight, bond, like connection, like these are all really important things you can learn to do. And there's something in that. There's tangible growth. There, there's a greater sense of peace and like all these things that are that are also kind of intangible. It's it's wild. And these are really things that when you have a message that is so straightforward and relatively unexceptional, these are really these these nine ancestral tenets are are kind of just normal good ideas not some kind of hack it's just like this is this is good a good way to live life you have to then attach a freak show to that to bring attention to this right to separate itself and he also did this thing where he had primals and sub primals he would basically create this like -like, cult-like behavior this like primal behavior versus like it's us versus them which is another way to hack into putting yourself into this category of charlatan right really manipulating people it's us it's them religion does the same thing kind of take that religious us versus them mentality and applying it to health and well-being this happens all the time this is not the first time this has happened you'll see this around you look around the self-help community you'll find it all over the goddamn place i can promise you that so he has these nine tenants and he lied so much now if it would have come out that he was doing a little bit of human growth hormone or trt or something like that that's one thing this motherfucker was taking deca test igh1 uh fucking peptides uh he was i think he was getting on Winstrol. Winstrol it's for the liver king Winstrol will fucking kill your liver right? This motherfucker, not only like I've looked at human growth hormone, right? I would love to do HGH. I would love pharmaceutical grade HGH. It is so expensive. Now I'm not liver King, so I can't spend $12,000 a month on my PEDs, Right? <laughs> I get my shit from a good doctor. It's an um, 80-20 test-cipientate and test-prop blend. I love it. It's fantastic. It's low-dose. It's great for me, right? And if he was doing something like that or a little bit of HGH, he would be like, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. You're traveling. You're training. I get it, man. You also didn't have to lie about it because no one really would have given a shit because it's so blatantly obvious. But now you've pissed everybody off because you insulted our intelligence by lying to our fucking faces for years now. (sighs) And we're mad now. We Look at this. So I want to bring this compilation. This is from Derek at More Plates, More Dates. He put this compilation together of all the times that he has lied on these huge podcasts. And we'll break this
5: down. Liverkin claims he has never used steroids or any performance-dancing drugs to achieve his physique. And this is ultimately what gets him the most scrutiny, but is also one of the reasons he's so viral. If he didn't throw it in people's faces as much as he does, he probably wouldn't get the heat that he does, but he often pokes fun at those who speculated about it and can be generally condescending.
4: Liver King here. A bunch of primals keep asking if Liver King is natty or not. I decided to really face this head on and show you my stack. I stack liver and bone marrow every day. I stack the sun and the earth every day. I stack blood burning workouts twice a day every day. And if you stack the nine ancestral tenants, you too can express your most dominant form. And by, by the way, this was my cameraman idea, so tip of the hat to him. I don't even know where to get this stuff, but I will tell you this, this is filled with maple syrup. There's nothing better than that. Liver King out. It is time to put the rumors to rest. I just got my blood work done and the doc is on his way to give me the results. Okay, Liver King, I got your blood results show him don't tell him doc okay we did find something unusual about your blood
3: aha uh-huh. i knew it prime is Liver King natty that's what he said he, yeah i think he was like tiktok age they say natty. yeah
4: well first thing i'm fucking <laughs> I'm, I'm now you're giving me a sidetrack but i'll say this Do you think if I was on steroids, I would have these fucking appendages down here? These legs? Have (laughs) legs? Do you see how fucking little my fucking legs are? You know? Uh, They're pretty big. Oh, pretty big? Okay, well, let me fucking go on here. Here's the thing. (laughs) When I was in college, I weighed 175 pounds, and I was single-digit body fat. I started working out about eight or nine years old. I had already been working out for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. So now I'm 45, and I've gained less than one pound a year over 25 years. Less than one pound a year. So this is what I say to people that make this accusation. Um, If you don't believe this is possible, then I suggest that you take that self-limiting belief, you put that shit in a fucking box and you bury that next to all your embarrassing shit and don't open your fucking mouth about it. Let, Let that live with you.
5: The doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down. Like this guy, does not really have an off switch when it comes to leaning into this. It irritates a lot of people because he does not produce any evidence to the contrary. And he also doesn't get blood work apparently to track his health because he's so confident in his ancestral lifestyle that he believes it to be essentially unnecessary.
3: Are there are there um, actual hard... Uh, medical downfalls or shortcomings to this diet, higher cholesterol. Uh, you know, is are there things that you have to actively do to combat those?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we look at this here now. Let's keep in mind. Okay, we're not going to talk about cholesterol today, because this is a whole thing. It's like when you look at this man, it's abundantly obvious he's on gear. Now, here's what I will say: I bet him before he was on gear. Now, if he started in college, he's been doing it his whole life. that's a different conversation, but I bet he was fit as shit. He's genetically superior and he puts in a fuck ton of work. I will say this right now. They will not do the work for you. I don't give a shit how many PEDs you're on. They will not do the work for you. They might make marginal differences in uh, day of type of stuff. If you're doing a competition, shit like that. And they will make a huge difference as far as what you're able to do and how you're able to recover and how you're able to train. Um, that being said, they don't do the work, right? They make it sometimes possible for you to do more work, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, and from my experience, it's kind of how I went. It went from like, Oh, I could train four hours a day now, right? It was, it was, it was a different experience. And I love, I actually loved that about it. It's kind of the, one of the most cognitively addicting substances I've ever tried in my life. Um, but when you look at him. It's so fucking clear. But what he's preaching makes so much sense, right? Now, are you going to look like that doing what he does, like two CrossFit workouts a day, a little bit of conjugate method from Westside, walks in, it's like, no, but if you you get a good workout in the morning, walk, watch the sun come up, get sun on your skin, get your feet in the dirt, are you going to live a better life? Yes, but now those two are associated with one another, right? You have this movement, which is really positive, fantastic, attached to a guy who's a fucking fraud right, who was lying to people, and no one, again, no one would have cared that you were on shit, you could have just not talked about it, everyone would have known, who is a good example of this, who is someone that everyone loves, who everyone loves, the most famous fucking person on the planet, with the most Instagram followers on the planet, I don't think it's Kardashian, by the way, maybe it is, The Rock, you think The Rock is clean, do you think The Rock isn't on a very similar stack to what our boy Liver King is here, and who gives a shit? What single person gives a shit? No one, because he's the Rock. Just like no one would have cared, because he's the fucking Liver King, man. People understand that it's, that aesthetic isn't really achievable and it, 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 with 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 a healthy life, like a normal healthy life. That kind of aesthetic comes with taking years off your life, and that's okay, because that's your fucking free choice to do so. But you're dragging a really positive movement down with you, and now we have people all in that movement, right? carnivore MD, Paul was his name. Having to distance yourself. And now it's, people are going to start shitting on you to save the movement. And they should, no one should come to your fucking defense, dude, because you rubbed our faces in it. Now I will say this too. If I looked at his, his, his hormones and, and Derek is way better at this. Go follow more plates, more dates. If you're curious about this kind of stuff, if you look at this, and you say, saw his stuff, and he was doing a little TRT, little growth hormone here and there, right? Like what like what? a lot of us would love to do. Because he's 45, keeping his levels normal, so keeping him high so he can still perform at the level he wants. He's got a responsibility. He's got a family. He's got a job, right, that requires him to look a certain way and, and perform a certain way. If you saw that, you go, okay, I get that, right? That That's fine. This motherfucker was doing 10 units of GH, of, 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 of growth hormone, right? Pharmaceutical-grade growth hormone, 10 units a day. If I was at growth hormone, I'd be in that 1 to 0.5 units a day. And the one time that I was prescribed growth hormone, but I couldn't afford it because it's $1,000 a month, it was one unit every other day. This dude is on 10 units a day and is obsessed about his back fat, right? So it's not about, hey, this physique, this body is actually the consequence of me living a full life. The dude is tripping balls about his love handles, man. That's what he's getting into in these emails. He's freaking out and willing to spend 5,000 more dollars a month on growth hormone to get rid of his love handles, dude. What about that as ancestral? What about that reflects what you're preaching? It does it. You're, it's the same thing as Joel Osteen, right? It's like he's a, he's a mega preacher for a movement that he's not. And He was also taking 10, uh, 10 grams of creatine a day, 120 grams of dextrose a day. Dextrose is straight sugar. I used to take dextrose post-workout 200 grams, right, because I was in a, in a strength-gaining phase. I was taking 300 grams of dextrose a day, 100 after my first workout, my aerobic session, and 200 after my strength training sessions. That's a shit ton of sugar. That's what it is. It's powdered sugar. (laughs) That's not part of an ancestral. You don't put that. You don't sprinkle that on your bone marrow. What are we doing here, right? So you are a fraud, man. And people snuffed this stuff out a long time ago. It's different if you are Lance Armstrong, but even then, Lance Armstrong could have been like, "Yeah, I am on shit," and so is everybody else, and had and and come out and said that, and people would have less hatred that they would than they do about his lies and the Nike campaign. All he just lied so much. That's what people are upset about. It's the deceit. Now, if you are Barry Bonds. And those guys, that's a different conversation because they were they were doing the same as everybody else and winning, and it's like, I don't know if they needed to come out. I don't think they were ready for it at the time. At that time, I don't think the, the world was ready to watch our heroes fall in that way. And they became villains. Them doing performance enhancing drugs to perform for us is doing us a service. They're putting their lives and bodies second to, to, to perform for us. And then we make villains out of them. They're paying the price to perform for us and we're making villains out of them. We weren't ready for that in the 90s and 2000s, right? Once Lance Armstrong happened and we realized how many people were doping, the the psyche shifted. And now it's like, hey, whatever, man. It's whatever. And he could have been like, yeah, here's me before PEDs. Here's where I am now. You know, and even been open about his stack. I don't think people would be upset about it at all. I don't think people would be upset about it one bit. I think he would have made a shit ton of money. And he would have been great, but he didn't. He lied. Now, I want to say, just just for the future, for you those of you out there who maybe don't have as much experience, because here's the problem. It's not that adults were falling for this, because they if you were, you're, come on, dude. Like, if you fell for this, you need to reevaluate yourself. But kids, they don't fucking know. Like, 15, 16-year-old kids, they don't know. Then they find out this has happened, and they start taking shit when they're too young, right? You shouldn't take that shit till you're, at least in your late 20s, in my opinion, unless you're some kind of performance athlete that needs it for some reason, but... This aesthetic that he is, that he, that, that Liver King has here is not attainable naturally. Right? I know people who look very similar. Small legs too. Also my height. Used to be a UFC fighter. Has a similar aesthetic. Similar chest. That does not happen naturally. Okay? And people will be like, well, he looks very similar to Rich Froning. He won the CrossFit Games a bunch of times. That aesthetic is not natural. Rich Froning Never talked about it. And if he did, he lied. But the dude wasn't clean. I'm sorry to tell you guys that. Don't want to burst your bubble, right? It's obvious. I could take every dollar I have and put it on. That motherfucker was juicing. Just like everybody else. Like everybody else. He was still the best. But if you talk about the aesthetic, the, 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 the way a healthy body looks that follows the ancestral tenets that he talks about, right? Somebody who gets her feet in the dirt, gets outside. That that aesthetic is very distinct. And that aesthetic is very well reflected in Paul, carnivore MD. If you're if you're just listening, go check it out. This guy looks like, exa- now I wouldn't be surprised if he was on a little bit of tests and a little bit of growth hormone, right? But a little bit, not a stack, not a mad stack, right? So we look at Paul here, like, yeah, that guy's probably just doing what he says he's doing right? Maybe a little tea, maybe a little growth, no big deal, but he, he looks reasonable. It looks realistic, right? And there's not really that much of an incentive to lie because his values are lived out. And I know Paul, these guys who asked him if he was on shit, knew he was on shit, right? Anyone who interviewed him, carnivore MD included, did not push him like they should have. If he said he was clean, you should have said bullshit, dude. Bullshit. And your business partner's with the guy. Paul should have done more. Carnivore MD should have done more. It's not his... But then again, it's not his responsibility to out somebody, right? But you got to have a personal conversation being like, dude, this is going to blow up in your face. And it did. And it did. That's the liver king, guys. Weird times. Weird times. But, um... Rough day for for the for the uh for the primals, I guess. I don't know. I don't know who was buying it, but I had to bring it up here because this is just something I, f- I feel like god damn it, it pisses me off that this guy wants is, is so so pompous that I'll just drag this message down with him. You know, and he hasn't even fucking addressed it. So yeah, there you go. There's there's your bravery and courage, all this other bullshit that you talk about. Your the the the, the, the rise of masculinity. Fuck yourself, dude. Like you 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 hurt something that was bigger than you out of greed. That's it. You damaged something that was bigger than you, Brian, out of greed. I don't know I don't know what I don't know what else what else can you say? How else can you defend it? And the reason you haven't said shit is because you know that's true. And that fucking sucks for more people than just you. You'll be fine, you're still rich. But people now have to defend a movement that's bigger and better than you because of your actions, bro. Well, you guys know me. You know I'm the kind of guy who will always make excuses for capitalism. I think that the, the innovations that have been brought our way, especially in the food and healthcare industries, from capitalism, right, from this profit-driven ecosystem, the innovations that have been brought our way have done nothing but good things. To, it, 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 to criticize capitalism is to take a shit on Jesus' face. It's the same thing. That's what it is. Capitalism has done nothing besides bring us more peace, prosperity, and opportunity. And the innovations are a beautiful thing. Let's look at now, now sometimes, sometimes, and this has nothing to do with the massive upward, upward transfer of wealth over the past two years, because that's merit driven, right? It's merit driven. The billionaires deserved. 30% more wealth over the past two years while everybody else was suffering. That's called a meritocracy, duh. You know what I'm saying? Like, you deserve to be coerced into taking a drug, right? You need to be able to, You, you, you there should be no requirement, no, oh, excuse me, regulation. There should be no regulation that that says, hey, you need to tell people what's in this food or what's in this drug, or what the possible consequences are. Regulations? Are you trying to completely destroy innovation? Is that, is that what we're trying let me, huh, let me send you a Dave Smith video. <laughs> but especially in our food industry because there's nothing more beautiful when it comes to innovation than moving from food to food-like products. And then, whenever these companies have their profits, Their beautiful, merit-driven profits threatened. What do they do? Let's check it out. Our buddy from uh, ticker symbol
3: U lets us know. And act on. Let's talk about food next, since it accounts for another 14% of the CPI and can be just as confusing. Food away from home climbed 0.9% month over month, which is an 11.4% compound annual growth rate. Meanwhile, food at home still went up by around 10% for the year on average. Both of these are much higher than the 7.7% year-over-year headline inflation number would suggest. Even worse, food inflation actually shows up in some pretty sneaky ways. <gasps> one example is shrinkflation, which is where prices stay the same, but the amount of food you get is getting smaller. I think we've all felt that one at restaurants and at grocery stores. But another trick that food companies...
1: Very innovative. Very innovative. Same price, smaller product. Beautiful. That's the kind of innovation we need to drive... The merit <laughs> to, sorry, to, to, drive <laughs> to drive these merit-driven profits,
3: to support these merit-driven profits. There's a little redundant there. ...are pulling on us is by keeping prices and portions the same, but changing the recipes to include cheaper ingredients. That's called skimpflation. And it's not clear to me how these substitutions would show up in the CPI numbers since both the product's price and portions technically stay the same. When I first heard about shrinkflation, and especially skimflation, it really blew my mind. That's why this episode is sponsored by... Nooms. So, we're not sponsored by nooms, we're going to get out of that.
1: But, um, when we look at this thing, okay, so skimpflation, skimpflation. So, in order to... Uh, drive profits... Which by the way, these, these, these fucking products, these food products are so overpriced right now. It's not about the fact that there's inflation. There is inflation, but half of the inflation is companies being like, Hey, people believe there's inflation. Let's fucking charge more money. Let's charge more money. Cause they believe there's inflation. Let's do it. Let's take advantage. Let's do it now. Go, 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 go. Right. If you go, if you go listen to like Walmart's earning calls, it's fucking disgusting, dude. They are taking advantage of you and blaming whoever the fuck they want. Cause they'll never take responsibility for their bullshit. And that is innovation, y'all. That's innovation. That's why we don't need regulations because if you want to sub out, if you want to sub out some food product for some food-like product, if it's a little bit cheaper, maybe let's get rid of sugar and put in high fructose corn syrup. Maybe let's get rid of coconut oil and add some seed oils because those aren't linked to anything besides cancer and heart disease, right? 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 That's innovation, baby. Let's do it. Capitalism. Fuck yeah, America. Woo! Alright, fattest fucking country in the goddamn world. Let's go! Love it. Innovation. We've innovated innovated different ways to experience inflation. By lowering the quantity and quality of our food to protect the bottom line of craft? Excuse me? Is that what we're doing now? It's beautiful. This merit-driven society is mind-blowingly efficient and effective and innovative. God fucking damn it. I can't even stand how much I love this place. I can't stand that we will take children's health, throw it in the gutter for profit. I can't help but love how much we will profit off of sick fat, stupid people and pretend that incentives within capitalism don't push companies and the companies that run the federal government to make people sick, fat, and stupid. Oh, my God. It's called innovation, loser. What are you, some kind of communist for 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 criticizing capitalism? How dare you criticize my lord and savior capital? Because that's the best driver. That's the best driver. Your doctor should want to spend as little time with you as possible at a doctor's appointment so they can make more fucking money, right? You are a client, not a patient. You are a consumer, not a citizen. Get your fucking mind right. Get your fucking mind right. On top of the fact that, you know what? Speaking here as a pure libertarian, as a laissez-faire libertarian, you know who the biggest anti, anti-population people are? Who the biggest, the, 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 the big, uh, what do they call it? Bill Gates talks about this, where there's a... Um, Depopulation agenda. You know, as a depopulation agenda, libertarians, because libertarianism never works with three hundred and thirty million fucking people in a country, bruh. Libertarian works in Amish country. That's where libertarian works. Libertarianism works. That's also the same place where socialism works on small, rich island nations that we decide to, to overthrow the dement- d- democratically elected leaders of, right? Because they're a threat we overthrow the democratically elected leaders of small wealthy island nations that want to move to the left because it's innovative <laughs> oh my god i love it i love it we are so good our food system and our healthcare system is a beautiful beautiful thing it's a beautiful environment i love watch i love watching it I mean, I, I, I get a little bit, I get a little chub just thinking about this innovation. Just thinking about how, pfft, fuck food. Give me food-like substances that are more profitable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Give me food-like substances. High fructose currants are at me, daddy. Let's go, dude. Seed oil me, baby. Let's go. Oh, I love it. Let's just, let's run this fucking country into the ground. And just and get so butthurt about somebody criticizing our economic systems. Let's do that. That sounds like fun. Well, this was a fun, this one was just for me. This one was for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I got a little fired up. But we'll, we'll you know, let's let's keep moving here. All right, guys, we got something really serious here. If you're unvaccinated, if you're one of the un, the, the few selfish, entitled, unvaccinated out there in the world, I need to let you know something. Your misinformation is Harming the vaccinated. Your misinformation and the stress you cause, the vaccinated, the responsible, those who did the right thing, as as Lord Trudeau says, the right thing, the good thing, those who did the right thing for our society are being stressed out and might have adverse consequences from the stress that you were causing. You selfish, unvaccinated twat. Now, PUBMed here. A, a medical journal shares a, a beautiful, a, just a, I mean, I cannot think of a better way to articulate the problem that the unvaccinated cause in our society. COVID-19 vaccines and the misinterpretation of perceived side effects affects clarity on the safety of vaccines. Really? Really? Let's read this abstract here. This is, I mean, this is just, I to be honest with you, I knew this. I knew that the unvaccinated, the selfish, soulless, grandma killer unvaccinated out there We're really causing serious issues within the vaccinated with their misinformation, their rhetoric. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous world. Their crimes, they should be locked up. In the era of COVID-19 and mass vaccination programs, the anti-vaccination movement across the world is at an all-time high. Much of this anti-vaccination sentiment could be attributed to the alleged side effects that are perpetuated across social media from anti-vaccination groups. The alleged side effects. I'm not sure that's how side effects work, but I'm not a doctor. Uh, Fear-mongering and misinterpretation being peddled by people with no scientific training to terrorize people into staying unvaccinated is not just causing people to remain susceptible to viral outbreaks, but could also be causing more side effects seen in the vaccination process. And this is what I'm talking about, guys. This is why you have to get vaccinated. <laughs> this brief review will offer data that may demonstrate that misinformation perpetuated by the anti-vaccination movement may be causing more deaths and side effects from any vaccine. The mini review <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm choking up a little bit because all the lost lives to the <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. A mini review of published literature has been conducted and found that mental stress clearly causes vasoconstriction and arterial constriction in the blood vessels. Therefore, if subjects are panicked, concerned, stressed, or scared of the vaccination, their arteries will constrict and become smaller in and around the time of receiving the vaccine. <coughs> it's terrible. The, the biological mechanism... Uh, is the most likely cause for where there has been blood clots, strokes, heart attacks, dizziness, fainting, blurred vision, loss of smell and taste that may may have been experienced shortly after vaccine administration. I'm so sorry. The extreme mental stress of the patient could be – Uh, most likely to be attributed to the fear mongering and scare tactics used by various anti-vaccination groups. This paper does not aim to rule in or out every side effect seen. Oh, that's good. (laughs) But it is highly likely that many apparent side effects seen shortly after the subject has received a vaccine could be the result of restricted or congested blood flow uh, from blood vessels to arterial constriction caused by emotional distress or placebo based on fear around vaccines. You don't need to be scared of these vaccines. What the fuck is this? Did somebody really spend their time? Did somebody really spend their time? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Raymond Palmer. Raymond Palmer. uh, Conflicts of interest statement. Raymond... Ray, Raymond Palmer is a chief science officer of Full Spectrum Biologics, So he works at a pharmaceutical company. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> wow, guys. You know, get vaccinated. What I did is I, I, I actually had the flaw thinking that I didn't need a vaccine because I'm relatively young, healthy, um, have a robust immune system. My lungs are healthy. But I realized the error of my ways because I was actually stressing out the vaccinated and giving them side effects. Um, so what I did was I took all the vaccines and boosters I could have possibly gotten all at one time, and I feel great. I mean, I feel fantastic. I've never felt better. You know what I mean? I can, uh, I can see sounds. Um, I piss blood clots. It's actually really interesting. Like, I, my, my body's just kind of like, it's a, it's a full of surprises. Like, what can happen? You know what I'm saying? So I recommend it. I think everybody, you know, it's safe and effective. Um, and if you have any adverse effects from the vaccine it's more than likely due to people stressing you out that are unvaccinated and the uh, and your crazy aunt on facebook not that like maybe people that are scared of needles have had this exact same reaction to shots forever and it's never been brought up or never even been considered it's never been considered that people just get stressed out about getting shots sometimes right how many kids are like probably like really kind of scared and freaked out when they get shots when they for the first time right like it's it's kind of scary needles are scary that's been that way forever but like it's definitely not that right like that stress and uh, excitement and fear that's okay for every other shot we've ever given ever but this one is highly affected by your feelings this vaccine uh, you know alleged vaccine is highly empathetic this vaccine is an empath actually this vaccine feels your feelings and only works if you have a pure heart <laughs> <laughs> jesus fucking christ guys this is a this is this is incredible i can't i'm like I, I can't even i can't even i love it i love it now it's time for that part of the show where i give you sexy motherfuckers something to think about and we're in here today, hour and a half. Ooh, done. This kind of sounds like a porn. I don't watch porn, but if it did, oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We discussed a little bit earlier breaking the tether. You know, I think that there's this this place. You know what I mean? This place in life, this reality where we live a lot of our life based on other people's choices. And this is this goes into later in life. This isn't just like as a child into adolescence into adulthood. I think there becomes a time where we get enough space between our upbringing and our current reality where we start to really reflect on like maybe we've made some assumptions and choices that weren't really ours. Right, that weren't really ours. They were they were things that we these, these kind of cultural assumptions that we've now impressed upon our lives, right? And maybe that means that Democrats are good and Republicans are bad, or Republicans are good and Democrats are evil, or um, you know, uh like I don't know. It could be anything, right? Circumcision, Santa Claus. We've been through all this stuff early in the show. Like, we look at this whole thing. It's like, okay, we're making these, I'm living my life based on cultural assumptions. And then something happens, maybe a global crisis of some kind with a lot of information that doesn't really seem to make sense. Doesn't really seem to make sense. A lot of things start, stop adding up and you end up snapping the fuck out of it. And you go, whoa, I've been kind of entranced into this society that's driven by cultural assumptions. I've broken the tether on accident. Holy shit. I had a free thought. I, all of a sudden, here I am, and I've, I've broken out of the confines of my previous reality, and I, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of fuckery that exists in the world around me. And this is where we get things that go, they call it the uh, woo-to-cue woo pipeline. Duncan Trussell talks about that. The WoodoQ pipeline, right? People that went from like spiritual community energy healers to QAnon, right? And it made sense because you needed something, right? You see the same thing that happens when people break out of like radical leftism and move to like being a libertarian. It's like, I used to be a radical leftist and now I'm this. Or maybe, you know, uh, the fucking random ass people who think that because they went from one team to another now they're right now this team is right I see that we have so many people that break that tether from their cultural assumptions from the assumption that they live their life by and just fall right back into another trap they fall right back into another trap you don't need that necessarily but I see so many people saying well then what right then what you're gonna find the facade no matter what Right? You're going to find that what you're worshiping is an illusion at some point. You should. That's growth. Finding out that the assumptions you've lived your life by are based on an illusion is growth. It's challenging growth, but it's growth. And if you jump from one team to another team, you're probably hiding from something. You're probably hiding from your own uncomfortable reality. And so what I wanted to bring up here... Is how often we tend to view our cultural assumptions, and I think it's part of—I think this is actually just part of human nature—that we want to look into something bigger than us. I think that's actually a, that that has evolutionary viability. But we treat these things so much like a religion; <laughs> it's so absurd. Whether you're a libertarian, whether you're a socialist, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or conservative or a liberal or like, all these fucking things, guys all the things, they're based on the assumption that you need to be in a camp. They're based on the assumption that that you should be serving someone higher. And now, obviously, there are places where that is productive and hierarchies exist in our society for a reason. But I think it's important to break that tether and float for a while. I think that's something that does not get done enough. Now, I've been there, I've done this numerous times in my life, and i found a lot of growth and benefit through this, but I think that it's important, when we can, to break away from our cultural assumptions and our conditioned assumptions and just fucking be. Just be. And observe. And I feel like in the politically homeless community, or whenever this community turns into in the next year or so, wink, wink, um... I think we see a lot of that. And I think that's also something that happens when it comes to people with psychedelics, especially people that had no previous psychedelic experience hitting that. You step outside of your assumptions. You step outside of even your culture. You step outside of your body if you're lucky enough and can look back into it. But you don't need psychedelics to do that. When you feel yourself... And this 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 feeling of unraveling and not really knowing what's real and what's not real. We've been we've been sold and conditioned to be in this state of consciousness that is addicted to crisis, and many of us are falling out of that now, and like looking to get our fucking feet on the ground. Know that when you get to that place, people will come out of the woodworks to try and pull you back into their fake religion, their series of cultural assumptions and since you don't know them you've not familiarized yourself with them they don't feel like assumptions to you they may feel like truth you can get 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 trapped in what seems novel but is actually the same fucking story just a different flavor so what i want you to think about today is when you feel the unraveling happening and that inevitable panic When things start to fall away. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Just watch and observe. And most of all, observe yourself and observe that need that you have in yourself to be a part of something like that. There's a lot to learn in there. There's a lot to learn in there. And if nothing else, it's something to think about. Guys, I love you. Glad you're here. I'm happy to be here. I'm sweating my ass off in this in this studio. Mm. Keep your head on straight, and I'll see you next time. Join the Patreon. Bye, Element. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye bye.